Hello, hello, everyone. I am your host, Jay Lee, and this is School After Hours. Thank you for tuning in today and joining us. We're going to wrap up our conversation with Rosa from the YMCA. We will continue to talk about how the Y has made adjustments to deal with the pandemic and how they have provided additional support to help schools during this time. Without further ado, we're going to roll this tape. As we jump back into this conversation, Rosa, I wanted to dial the clock back a little bit because there is this thing that's going on called uh, coronavirus (laughs) (laughs) that shut us down. (laughs) close to the beginning of the year. So I just want to get some insight on how you all have been doing, you know, coping with that. So let's dial it back to pre-pandemic. Before it, everything was closed, movement has stopped, and everyone was kind of confined to one space. I know at a certain part of the year, different programs are working on different things to kind of either get them through the rest of the school year or start preparing for the summertime. So around January, February-ish, before this thing uh, became live, (laughs) how or what was the why exactly doing uh, for preparing for the year or trying to get through the rest of the year? Yes. So January definitely marks the start of summer camp preparation. There's Mm -hmm. trainings, there's everything, what sites we're going to be at. Everything about summer camp starts a little bit before January, but it really hits the ground running in January. So we're mostly focused on that, right? Because at this point, your school year um, activities should be set in stone. They should be running smoothly. You're kind of in your groove when it comes to Mm -hmm. those programs. So let's focus on getting summer camp started. That was the main thing. Now, for the team program specifically, Leaders Club is preparing for Blue Ridge Leaders School, which is kind of like a retreat that we go on at the end of every school year in June. Usually the week after school ends for seven days from Saturday to Saturday in Black Mountain, North Carolina. They pretty much just do what we do locally on a national scale. So you get to be at Blue Ridge Leaders School with all the other Leaders Club from around the country all come to one place to learn and network together. As I mentioned before, we have an executive um, board for Leaders Club. Well, that's kind of what honor leaders are for Blue Ridge. So you have Mm -hmm. eight that are selected from all of those clubs from around the country to kind of run them out in for that year. And it's just exciting. You get to meet friends. You get to have roommates. It's like your first little college experience. I had um, seven roommates my first year. But you get stuck with that group, you get stuck with your roommates, and you navigate through those classes. You take exams on what you learn about those life, yeah, their life skills. So they're kind of fun. You get to choose some of your clinics, right? So your clinics are your choice. You can choose dance, jump rope, volleyball, dodgeball, and then you have your actual classes that you're forced to take. I don't want to say forced, but yes based on the year you're in the school. So your first right. year, Leadership One-on-One goes over the history of the YMCA. That you gotcha. should know. And so-, so um, more, I'm sorry. Let me no, you <laughs> My question, uh, my question to you, Rosa, is for clinics. What exactly are clinics? For some people that do not know, give us some background about your clinics. Are those just the activities that you all do? Yes, so at Blue Ridge, it's specifically the activity that you get to choose to do, the class that you get to choose, similar to an elective. So you have your core classes, and then you have your electives. Clinics are your electives. 
got you, Cleanser. Like, it's okay. And for Lisa's Club, that's what we are gearing towards. That's what we're in preparation for starting in January. Mm. And for Y Achievers, a college and career readiness program for our teens, we are preparing for the end of the school year and the Y Achievers Gala. Mm. And that is just a moment to celebrate our Y Achievers for their improvement for going through the program, for opening themselves up to learning more about colleges and careers and how to navigate that. And at the end of the year at the gala, they get to dress up, they get awards, they get food. It is so amazing. And it was kind of sad or disappointing this year because we have booked the Hippodrome. And for those who do not know the Hippodrome in Richmond, that's the historic theater that a lot of our black artists and entertainers used to perform in when they came to Richmond and historic Jackson Ward. So they would stay at the historic hotel across the street, but they would perform at the Hippodrome. So booking the Hippodrome for me personally, being a Richmond native was a definitely inspiring moment. So I'm kind of saddened that we didn't get to experience our gala there due to the pandemic, but that just gives you a little insight on what the gala is for our college and career readiness program and um, how meaningful it is that we do that for our teens in that program. So being that, those things were taking place. Fast forward a little bit and hit March. National shutdown. <laughs> Everything's yeah. on pause. <laughs> what got what procedures? What did you all have to do at that time to kind of brace yourselves for what was going to happen ahead of time, or what you guys had to do moving forward? Being that you know there wasn't too much of anything that could happen, and what was going on, right? So there was a lot of heavy communication between parents, the teams, program participants everywhere, staff, day-to-day communication, day-to-day updates. The Y did a very good job at jumping on that. I think it was made clear to everyone that we were in an unknown. And so everyone was very understanding, but it was just a matter of making sure we're communicating effectively to everyone, including our participants, our teams, and our parents. So that was an everyday thing. Everything did shut down. <laughs> so that was no different from us, but we were already moving towards what can we do virtually. Like before you knew it, the Y already had the Zoom accounts up and running so that we could connect with our teams, so that we could connect with each other. And so that was definitely a step taken quickly. But also, as an organization or association in Richmond, essential child care was one of the first things that we did in response to the pandemic. And so no matter what position you were in, if you were able to work essential child care, that was your job at that time. Mm-hmm. So everybody kind of just were all hands on deck with that. The Y of Richmond did an amazing job. Everyone was on board with waking up at the crack of dawn <laughs> to come up with morning shifts to really um, imitate the schedules that you would see pretty much like at MCV or people who work in healthcare to imitate their schedules. And so we all worked as a team to make sure we could provide those services specifically to our healthcare providers, but also any other essential childcare workers. Mm -hmm. And like I said, with that constant communication came even the prices and how to communicate with the parents, what procedures we're going to take given by our risk management team that all came pretty swiftly and um, effectively. And we all knew what was going on and, we all understood what was unknown. Like It right. was just for all of us to be on the same page during that time. But also, like I said, everyone to just jump into a role or a position to serve our community without it necessarily being what they signed up for. And just being, you know, the why is such a genuine place where we do that. This is our time to show up and serve. And everyone did an amazing job at that. And so the main thing was communication 
and assistal child care for Richmond and the surrounding areas, what we could do at the Y. Gotcha. So you all didn't get a chance to actually shut, shut down. You still kind of, you know, kept it moving, but it was just to a selective group of people. Yeah, be, because of their because of their job and their occupation, like everybody wasn't able to to be home, uh, right. especially if you were, you know, a doctor or a nurse, so on and so forth, you know, out in the community having to do those those pivotal, very important, important jobs. Right. All right. So what were some of the resources that you guys had to tap into to accomplish that goal of providing services to those families, but also switching from a physical setting to a virtual setting in Zoom? Right. And so um, one of the major things was our technology department was on it in terms of providing Zoom accounts and the proper technology we needed to effectively communicate with everyone. A major part were using the resources we had in childcare. Childcare has always been one of the major things at the YMCA. And so being able to provide the resources and adapt to the change in terms of providing program activities for the participants we did have in essential childcare, that went pretty well. Everyone who helped lead that and plan for it were well-trained and well-versed in their areas. So like I said, even though your job may not have been in childcare and you were asked to help, those who oversaw and planned programming specialized in childcare and made sure that the sources and materials that we had um, were effective for this time. And so just everyone playing their role and what they're experts in. Mainly uh, when it came to essential childcare though, like I said, we are pretty well set in childcare. We already work with a lot of people in terms of providing the resources for childcare programming. And so this was great that we had those resources and those connections at that time to provide the services we needed during the pandemic. Thank you for sharing that, Rosa. Another question that I have for you is, since you all were doing childcare during the time, did it give you some kind of insight of what what different strategies you all could use moving forward? Because I know the, the situation has changed. Based on the environment that you're in and how you all had to adapt, did it kind of give you all um, an idea of different strategies to use that you may have thought of before but didn't really or weren't able really to implement? Right. And I think a major thing was the guidelines for health and safety, right? And so the mm-hmm. same guidelines we enforced when it first started between temperature checks, transitioning, disinfecting, and sanitizing all of the materials, we still do that the same way we did when it started, just to be safe. And I think that it was great that everyone enforced it to the same degree and took it serious. And so I think having those guidelines in place and not getting too lax with it or easing up on it definitely helped for something like summer camp, which is more fast paced than going because we were already in the routine of disinfecting and cleaning and checking temperatures and making sure health and safety was on a different level or the COVID level. Um, Mm -hmm. It wasn't too hard to navigate that into summer camp and opening in phase one and two. We actually, I see us opening a little bit slower than a lot of other places, which I also appreciate because, like I said, those health and safety guidelines and procedures that we were asked to follow at the beginning are still being enforced um, very well. And I think that did play a major role in how we operate in our program quality as it relates to COVID-19 and the pandemic changes. 
Right. So as you said before, you guys had a chance, based on your experience for the rest of the, the year, you all had a chance to kind of plan what you wanted summer to look like and what you wanted to be based on those safety guidelines. How did that go? Yeah, about planning. It didn't, <laughs> I think that the baseline that helped us were having activities already set and planned for the summer and just changing those slightly to fit social distancing or how can we make this a social distance activity or maybe we could put gloves on and play this game with the ball and stand six feet apart with our masks. We don't have to necessarily ax it out, but we already had some activities in place that we could still utilize and engage in. It wasn't like we had to start from scratch. And so I think okay. us being heavy in planning and making sure we start summer camp planning in January and just really getting in tune with it and being serious about it helped us during the pandemic because like you said, it was an unknown time. We didn't know what to expect, but we had things in place. We had plans in place that we could follow and easily adapt to or easily change. And I think that helped us a lot because the first few weeks at camp, I mean, everything happened so fast. You, you had essential child care. And then it was like, well, can we have this amount of people in the building or not? You know, waiting for the announcements. And all of our decisions were based on what the government had to say and when they would say it. And so there were a lot of last minute changes or quick changes that we had to go through. And because we already had some things in place, those quick changes didn't go over too bad or too rough because we were like, well, we could use this for the next two weeks while we plan out the rest. Or right. And so I think us being proactive in our summer camp planning, as we do every year, definitely helped us. It was definitely a pro in this situation in terms of providing services to the community because even though we were like everyone else, we didn't know, but we had things in place to kind of follow and go by for times of the unknown. So we were able to react in a timely manner and in a way that I think the people needed because of that. And so amen to proactivity, amen to summer camp plans <laughs> for all right, these years. Right. You know, summer camp is definitely our strong suit, one of our strong suits at the Y. And so... Uh, like I said, just us taking that serious definitely helped us and the people we served during the pandemic in terms of being able to provide services to them quickly. Right. With planning for the summer, and I know and I know it's hard. I know it's hard dealing with students that have not been able to see their friends. They want right. to hug, skip, jump. Mm -hmm. Hey, Bestie! Right. All those things in between. <laughs> <laughs> How are you able to help them be be mindful of what is going on, but, you know, socialize with your friends, but keep in mind you have to be social distance? Right. And so some of the things we put in place um, during the essential child care time and summer camp is keeping families together, right? So if you come into camp or program with a sibling, you stay with that sibling all day. They're part of your group. And so making sure we're not mixing or mingling, we call them huddles. Okay. The huddle that the counselors were assigned to, the huddles didn't change. You know, before you you get to switch between classes and activities, no, you travel to the different activities with your huddle from the start of programming to the end of programming, just to make sure there wasn't too much cross-contamination. And then starting our day off right. So we do a rise in and out procedure where parents don't even have to get out the car to drop their students or their campers off. 
that's something we already did. But that was great when the pandemic came because you cannot get out the car until your temperature has been checked and your parent answers the COVID symptoms. And in the case that things did not line up how they were supposed to, no member of the family can participate in programming for a certain amount of time just to make sure everyone is safe. And so starting the day off like that with those expectations and those procedures and those guidelines, I think put everyone in the mindset of this is serious. This is not to be taken lightly. We're trying to be safe and everyone's best interest is in in mind in terms of how we're delivering programming. And so going into the school or the camp day, it wasn't too much to keep enforcing that. Right. When you work with kids anyway, you have to be mindful that you're going to have to repeat yourself 500 times a day. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> with just, what are we repeating now? Wash your hands, stay six feet. And so just keeping that same mindset that you're still working with kids, um, being more intentional about leading by example on your end, right? So all staff members were required to wear face covering and masks. Right. So you're required to have on uh, gloves. You're required to communicate, hey, we're leaving this area. Can you disinfect our tables to a staff member that may not be with the group right now? And so just making sure we're following our procedures that we put in place um, definitely help families and campers see and follow suit, right? Because then some kids start to take initiative. Some campers start to say, hey, did you let them know to wipe the tables off? Or right. do you want me to leave the Legos out so you can spray it? You know, different things like that. They take accountability for uh, their actions too and the things they do as well. And so over time, you saw it just become the new norm, as we love to say. And um, I'm not going to say I love it because I don't love the pandemic, but I do. Once again, that culture we created at the Wild Right, where we allow kids, whether they're teens or not, to kind of have a voice and to own and take responsibility for their facility and their programs and their actions. And so we saw them doing the same during the summer, although they will forget sometimes. Mm -hmm. You said wanting to play and hug and things like that. I think it's important that because we kept them in the same huddles and kept families together, that it wasn't too bad. It was still okay. scary because you're like, that nah, don't do that. But then it's like, oh, that's your brother. Right. So it's like, you. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, yeah, in the same household. So, you know. Right. <laughs> We're making sure they, you know, we wash our hands between every transition. We schedule 15 minute breaks between every block of the day so they can wash their hands and so we can disinfect. And so um, I think it's important that even if there is a little mishap, do you have your mask? Mm-hmm. wash your hands and uh, they loved it I loved it too because you know it was less filler time right because 15 minutes of program time was washing hands right so I didn't plan. <laughs> all these other things um but yeah they definitely did well as well as water hydration something that's mm-hmm. important that we follow is they can't drink from the water fountain so you have okay. to have a bottle or a cup and so during that washing your hands time, you're getting water. So you're staying hydrated because we spent a lot of our time outside, as you would in normal camp. But it was even more important that we did it this time because of social distancing and the air and everything like that. And so um, our time was spent well. It was planned out well. I personally think it was beneficial to have longer transitions and more strategic mm-hmm. transitions because... I love programming time, but, you know, sometimes trying to, like, elongate an activity, you're like, oh, what else? Can-? Depending on the age group, too, right? We have such a long age from uh-huh. rising kindergarten to rising 10th graders is our program. So, you know, it gave us a lot of room for a lot of flexibility to do what we needed to do in terms of delivering program. But it also gave us room to be intentional about following our COVID guidelines and procedures. 
a great strategy to all, all across the board, especially with making sure that they wash their hands, that they have everything that they came into the space with and they're not leaving it behind. Yeah. But also having the time to sanitize everything so there's nothing behind that right. kid, you know, for the next group to come in and kind of deal with. So great, great level of um, being intentional. Right. And like you said, and accountable. The other question that I have for you all is that I know that you, the YMCA, also participates in certain uh, school dynamics and partners with different schools. So having this experience with, you know, school as well as the, you know, summer, how did you all begin to prepare for school? Because school has been in session for about maybe two months now. So based on your experiences of how it went for when when everything happened and it's the summer, how did you all begin to plan and, you know, go back into the school element for the YMCA? Right. I think we just approach every situation very open-minded. So, you know, we would plan out different scenarios. I think our youth development team did an amazing job of doing that and keeping up with the news and the guideline changes and the governor announcements making sure they were communicating with all of our school systems that we service between Chesterfield, Henrico, and Richmond. <laughs> you know, things could be very different in those areas. And so they did a good job of, like I said, just being strategic in that and making sure we had multiple plans. Mm-hmm. And so when the time came, we kind of had a sense of which route we were going to take. Or mm-hmm. once again, that open communication. Everybody loves to joke about emails and but I'd rather them over communicate than not at all. And so we all were on the same page in terms of how we were thinking or what we needed to do as an organization, even if that page was, we honestly don't know yet, but this is what mm-hmm. we're thinking. Mm-hmm. And so, the, like I said, the youth development department, because they are their own department, did an amazing job of that. And then and once we found out they were doing virtual, we were able to wrap our mind around how would that look for the why. Lucky for us, we already had partnerships with schools. So, example, Power Scholars is our partnership with Richmond Public Schools for summer school. And so Power Scholars would be the students participate in their summer school classes in the morning. And in the second half of the day, they would participate in their enrichments with the YMCA. And what you see is they enjoy their activities with the Y or they enjoy having the Y around for support in the morning that they love to come back to summer school. Their grades increase. We decrease the the gap, the achievement gap that usually increases over the summer. And so we already kind of had this routine in place in terms of how we are doing the student success centers, which is what's happening now. So power scholars and student success centers kind of emulate each other. As well as our partnership with Next Up, right, the enrichment style that they have where students get, you know, they get some school. And then after that, they get that chance to kind of how we mentioned earlier at Blue Ridge, pick their electives. Like, what's something you like to do for fun and more related to, like, hobbies? And so the Y just did, took that strategy and put it in student success centers. So even though they're not physically in the schools, once again, servicing those parents who can't stay at home, right? The students will come with their laptops, all their school supplies, what they need, log in. We make sure they log in and we make sure they try to stay attentive during the day. We do not tutor, we do not teach, but we kind of just monitor to make sure they're doing what they're supposed to do and that they are logged into their technology on time and any questions they have related to what we can do which, like I said, is technology. Right. Um, and then after their school days, we switch back into 
after school mode and that's when we could do some of the things that they are interested in in terms of hobby wise or life skills so um music drama art that's the time for that physical activity we provide that right after they're done with school and so like i said very similar to power scholars just in a virtual setting so instead of you being in class for summer school physically you're in class for the regular school day over the laptop. And then you switch to YMCA mode where we're doing physical activities and crazy games and learning new uh, handsy skills. So, Got it. So the, the birth of student success centers came from the idea for what you've done with uh, schools in the summertime. So student yep. success centers is what you're doing now at this point. Yes. Okay. With some of the schools being able or some of the schools reopening and having students come back to schools for the future, how is that going to look for the Y? Yeah, so what that already looks like is I know Chesterfield is already doing a hybrid schedule, right? And that's something I see right here in Manchester because we do have a student success center here and we service multiple schools in Chesterfield. And so the leadership here and the success center just work really hard to keep up with the different schedules. And so I believe the students are broken up by their groups, right, of the schools. And it's more so of just who's still in class now, who's not? Let's get ready to transition. Normally, right. you know, they all end around the same time anyway, um, just slightly different. And so there's a little wiggle room. But I think they do a great job of planning out right and filling the gaps and having filler activities and in the moment things. But um, right now we're kind of just working with what we have. So a lot of students are on hybrid schedules. They still have to come to the Y because their parents can't be there. We just make it flow. Mm-hmm. Um, same mentality, even with the hybrid schedule, is school in earlier in the day, and then later in the day we do our after school programming, and our physical activity and education. Um, I don't, I'm not exactly sure the details about that because, like I said, youth development is their own department, and teams is not necessarily a part of that. But <laughs> they do a good job of. I know at least here in Manchester, like you wouldn't even think that all of that is going on. You wouldn't think that some kids are here some days, some kids are here are not here, and all Sorry. of this is going on. everything runs really smoothly. So shout out to them, kudos to them. Uh, they're doing an amazing job. But yeah, they're just being adaptable, right? Part and part of being a giving service to people and meeting people in your community where there are is being able to adapt to those changes. And I think our youth development team is they got it down pat. <laughs> I know that's right. Woo, 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 woo. Right. Shout out to development. All right. So my last question for you for this segment, and then we're going to go into uh, our reflection round. Okay. So the with everything that's going on and with you all getting ready to plan for the following year, it's two months <laughs> countdown in November. Right. <laughs> uh, it's rounded up quick, y'all. It's rounded up quick. Right. Uh, so with that being in mind and some of the things changing, not just within the school, but also within in, in the environment, what's next for the Y? How are you guys preparing yourselves for what might potentially be ahead? Right. So, so far, we are going to continue as normal. You'll see small changes here and there, like, Right now, our branches close fairly early or earlier than before. So you'll see a few branches maybe stay open an hour later than we were during the, you know, the beginning of the fall. I know for us specifically at Manchester, we're extending an hour. 
But that's really all, like extending our time, but not changing our procedure and our guidelines. The same for programming, right? Still being open-minded about that going either way. So still being able to think about virtual opportunities while giving in-person opportunities that are social distance. So for example, the induction ceremony was a good example of that. We had an in-person induction ceremony for Leaders Club, which is just us welcoming the teens who started the program this year into the program with the teens who have been in the program over a few years. And so we were able to do a socially distanced induction ceremony in the gym, but we also provided a Zoom link for those who didn't feel comfortable. So just keeping that mindset, being once, like I said, again, adapted, adaptable. Is that the word? Mm-hmm. Um, and <laughs> being adaptable. Um, and I honestly don't see too much changing right now. I think we're going to keep going in the direction we're going in. And even if things kind of do ease up, I think the why is very serious about and intentional about the health and safety procedures that are put in place and how we're going to make our members and our participants and our staff feel comfortable. So at this point, it's, it's just what are we doing to make sure we're all being safe on our end, regardless of what anyone else is saying. Like right. I said, I've kind of been, hasn't been quick to jump and open up and be like, let's get, no, we have been on the ball. Like you, for example, if you're working in wellness, your job is literally to monitor who's on what machines and mm-hmm. after you watch them disinfect their machine with the quick disinfectant, we go back and disinfect with the three minute disinfectant. Right. right. You know, we're not even we though. We are crossing every T, dotting every I, we don't need no problems. Not at and all. I think it's been definitely noted that the procedures that we follow now should be something that should stay in place. Anyway, I think it's definitely helped with the program quality. I know specifically I've heard members say to me, like, I love what y'all do here. Y'all make me feel safe. Like y'all do not take this lightly. And so I think the Y is going to keep that same mentality and energy moving forward, regardless of what the world may be doing. Right. At this point, at this point in time, safety is key and it is very important. And to know that you all are not in a rush to, we are widely open and everybody could come in. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't know about that. Everybody <laughs> 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 do <this in> steps. <laughs> right. Right. You know, because safety is key for staff as well as, you know, the community that you serve. So thank you for taking those precautions. Thank you for still in this time serving the way that you all do. We are going to jump into our reflection round at this point, and then we're going to wrap up the show. So you ready? I'm ready. All right. So our first question for you that you, you've already touched base on, but we'll restate it again. Uh, what was your introduction to OST programming? Yes, uh, Leaders Club. So I did not participate in many out-of-school time programming before my sophomore year of high school when I was introduced to the Y. The, this is my first experience. This is my first shebang. I have YMCA standards of out of school time programming because that's what I participated in. So I started in Leaders Club, which is actually a program that I oversee now. So I just brought it full circle. Right. Um, and through that, I was able to learn. I was the vice president of the club one year and I was able to go to Blue Ridge Leader School twice. And so for me, that actually, my resume was already set by the time I graduated high school and wanted to continue my career at the Y, which led to the multiple leadership positions you mentioned earlier between assistant site director and site supervisor. Those were part-time positions that I was able to move into because my experience in Leaders Club. So they give you everything you need, public speaking, how to network, how to navigate. I had already planned multiple volunteer events and activities or were on planning teams 
for example, like the Riley's Leaders Plan, where the diversity and inclusion rally, that was planned by leaders, guided by the team directors. And so I had the opportunity to also plan our own rally one time when um, my leaders club, I forgot what the theme was, but we hosted a rally. Our team directors teach us how to plan it. They take our ideas and show us how to map it out. These are the materials you need. This is how you teach it. Do you still think it'll work? And so I had all of that under my belt, graduating high school. Mm-hmm. But give me the story, Rosa. Give me the story. The story. <laughs> oh, okay. you got in the- <laughs> give oh. me the story of how you got introduced to the OSD program. And you said it was with Leaders Club, but how did that all happen? Like, what what, right. what, 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 what did you show up at the wall one day and was like, I want to join Leaders Club? What's right. The story? Okay, monster. I started at the Northside Family YMCA. I was introduced to Ben Major, who's my team director at the time, through one of my fellow cheerleader friends, because I was a cheerleader for John Marshall, but I attended Richmond Community High School. And she just brought me in one day. It was like, meet Ben. He's great. Um, and Ben was just like this crazy guy with all this energy just yelling at me. He was like, you have to come back. You have to come to a meeting. And I'm like, this man is crazy. And so, of course, I did come back. For me, Coming back was not a hard option, just given my family background and the environment that I was living in at the time was not the best. So going to the Y, I was able to be in a clean environment, Uh a smoke-free environment. I was able Uh to get my homework done. And so I had no problem with coming back to the Y, but I didn't know what I was signing up for in terms of Leaders Club. And so I get into Leaders Club, and from that point on, Ben had me doing things like taking attendance, taking notes. He was like, oh, you would be great with kids. So the next thing you know, I'm working in Child Watch, which is <laughs> our little thing where if you come to work out, you would let your child go to Child Watch while you work out. It's not child care. It's just child uh-huh. watch. So you cannot leave the building. <laughs> but I was like, work with kids? Like, when, why do you think I could work with kids? Anyway, I did that for a while and did great at it. Um, and then Ben had us doing things like, like I said, I was a cheerleader. I was not a dancer necessarily, but he had us learning Beyonce choreo and things like that. We performed for our annual campaign members. Like they love it. He just turned us into, at one point we did an opening devotion for Blue Ridge Leader School, which is what it sounds like. It's how you start your day at the school in the mountain. Usually it's a quick little, this theme is about a theme and they'll tell a story over the mic and you'll have signs and someone acting out. Well, Ben said, scratch that. We are going to dance. So we <laughs> we were on the whiz and we pretty much danced about a story about a theme and we were able to get the scarecrow to realize mm. that you're capable of dancing with us. You can do this. Come off your post. And we showed that story through dance movements. Um, okay. So this day, I can't believe I did it, but I did. <laughs> and so that was pretty much my experience there and just learning how to dance. And then eventually, right, even with cheerleading, I became one of the captains on the squad. And that was unintentional as well. But I thought that was through all of the things that Ben introduced me to and showed me that I was capable of doing. Like I said, when I first joined, I was like, I'm just a cheerleader. What do you mean? He had me dancing, right? And so um, (laughs) by the time my senior year came, I felt more comfortable, you know, doing things and stepping up and taking leadership. Shout out to Ben. I've I've worked with Ben in the past. And he was, yeah. So when I first started working and officially, officially, because like I said, I was able to, for my senior year, work with the OST program that I was actually participating in. But when I actually got into this field of work, Ben uh, was the was working with the YMCA at Northside. Mm -hmm. And that's when we had that's when I was working with Next Up. And it was their first year. So Ben put together our summer 
engagement portion. That's when we were right. were partnering. Um, next up, um, YMCA and Higher Achievement were right. partnering together uh, for the summer. And when I tell you that joy, he turned that joy out. He turned that joy out. Oh my goodness! The kids so were crazy. They loved it. It was it was awesome. It was amazing. It was so 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 good, and they had so much fun. And right. him, Ben and his Beyonce. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and the live dances and the energy like they it was it was a great experience for them and also for the staff as well because it gave us a chance to learn the kids in a different way because they're used to seeing us as so serious and so right. this is this that's that it gave us a chance to kind of unwind with them during the second part of their day because they had instruction first like you do right. the core activities or core subjects during the day and then at school they went over to the Y. Right. I mean, during the afternoons, they went over to the Y. So it gave us a chance to kind of um, enjoy the kids and have them see us in a different light as well. So right. it, it was it was the bomb. Shout out to Ben. Keep on doing what you're doing, sir. Making impacts out here. Go ahead and keep on creating these stars. I know that's right. Right. My next question for you is, can you share your why? Why being why you continue to work with children and does it still motivate you during this time? Yes, my why. Obviously, because of the why. No, they stop. I actually, when I think about it, so I attended William Fox Elementary School here in Richmond, Virginia, and I had this one teacher, Mrs. Campbell, who actually looped up with us from second to third grade, who really took that personal time with me during a hard time between my parents and the custody battle thing and anything else, lack of resources, just financial struggles that I didn't realize at the time affected me so much, but she saw it and she really mm -hmm. took that one-on-one -on -one time with me. And so from elementary school, I thought I wanted to be a teacher, mm -hmm. but you know, going to a college prep high school, I was like, I don't, I don't know, this academic thing may not be, right. something, you know what I'm saying? But being I a had that experience. Why, not at all. I mean, I can't, <laughs> but, um, being introduced to the why and what they do in terms of programming, out of school time programming and childcare. I was like, Oh wow. I can actually have a job working with kids still but not necessarily have to work in a school system or mm -hmm. teach these certain ap academic um, subjects. So, you know, I was like, oh, wow, like, I can have a job teaching life skills and mentoring. And that's amazing. And so I already knew I wanted to work with kids or kind of have that impact. I didn't know what I wanted that to look like until I saw Ben do it, until I saw how much of an impact Ben made on me. Mm -hmm. and the why um, but you know my experience the person who led that for me was Ben so you'll hear me say that a lot seeing Ben give the passion he gave and the effort he gave to the teams of Northside and kind of just changing the game for YMCA of Richmond in general in terms of what it looks like to be a team director and leaders club I was like this is I didn't used to tell him I'm, like, I'm gonna have your job like I just want you to know <laughs> so you I'm can go ahead now. and clap out um when I graduate <laughs> my turn and, um, and so I just really worked towards that, right? Even in the other positions that I worked in part-time or the other programs that were not necessarily Leaders Club, like being the assistant director for Next Up or mm -hmm. working in childcare, I was able to do that in a, an effective way and in a great way to the point where my work spoke for me because I'm actually a teen director without a degree yet. I'm still working on my degree because of that experience through Leaders Club and then through the part-time positions that um, I kind of just modeled the leadership that Ben gave. Like I just knew I wanted to do what he did. 
And I always say, I want to, I just want to sow into the teams of the community, just like Ben sold into me. I want to return the favor. So pretty much that's my why. I want to do and bless people the same way that I was blessed. You know, Ben didn't have to, it wasn't necessarily the activities he did in the program. It was his passion behind it, his drive behind it. And like you said, being the leader you wish to follow, that's definitely Ben. And that's definitely who I am trying to be right now. Like right. anything I tell my team to do, I have done myself or I'm working on doing it. And so uh, that's my why, right? I just see big picture all the time. I'm thinking big, big picture. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's bad because, you know, you got to slow down. But right, right. a big picture thinker, I'm like, we are change makers. Like right. what are is today we're creating change and that's my why if i can be a part of that that's it I'm, i feel like you know i think it's important to know your seat at the table and to own your seat at the table and this is my seat at the table and i'm going all in until all four legs <laughs> break okay i and know that's right that's my why just seeing the impact and just being going through it my personal testimony my personal experience is enough to make me say i want to do this for someone else right that is so true. Modeling the behavior that you want to see being the change that you want to see. Cause it start it starts with you. You can't, you can't control anybody else. Right. What you can do is do your best, you know, model what you want to see and hopefully hope that someone will see it and then take those actions, make it their own and then pay it forward in a positive right. way. And next thing you know, you have a whole forest. You started with one seed and, you know, you're out here growing trees. Exactly. <laughs> uh, my next question for you is, this is a very demanding job. You know, we always give, 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 give. Right. And sometimes we need a chance to take care of ourselves. So what do you do for self-care? Yes. So Rosa, for self-care, I am... Definitely a spiritual person. And so I know I mentioned earlier that I'm a youth leader at the Life Church RVA. And that is my self-care, right? So making sure I pour into myself spiritually and allow myself to fellowship and allow myself to engage in teachings and teaching myself about, you know, my beliefs when I believe in reading the Bible. That that's my self-care, right? Taking that time, whatever you call it, you may call it meditating, I call it praying, you know, right. I do both. Um <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Just self-knowledge, right? Self-development. That's reading the Bible for me, getting that understanding for myself. And what I tend to notice is when I open myself up to learn better and to learn more, I'm taught in many ways. Like I could be read, watching a show, you know, the one-on-one is on Netflix right now, you know what I'm saying? And, um, <laughs> you know, like something would speak to me different because now I'm open to understanding more or I have a greater understanding. So making sure I take that time to have fun, like just because you're watching TV or you're listening to music doesn't mean you can't gain from it. Not that I go in with the mindset of what else can I learn? But because I'm taking that time to relax and I'm in the zone, like I still gain from that. And what I find myself doing is I'm rejuvenated. So by the time it's time for me to clock in, I already got like new ideas. Like I feel yeah. fresh. Like I'm ready. I'm like, oh, I remember I watched this show and I learned this about myself. Or right. even like I said, just praying for someone and being there for them, right? Interceding. I get to do that and you know, and not necessarily have to be for work or have to be mm -hmm. of this world. Like I'm just doing it because I want to, because I can. Right. So me necessarily right. back, being involved in the church, being involved in the community outside of work definitely helps me to stay grounded and to keep balance. Um another thing is being intentional about my balance. So mm -hmm. Sunday are my days. 
Right. Like, don't don't call me because don't call you know, me. church. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'll do church or whatever, but I make sure that when I'm not when I'm off the clock, then I'm not working. And it's really hard because especially when you're working with teens and you have to stay creative and fresh yes. and new all these ideas all the time. Mm-hmm. Um so I got into the habit of like writing the idea down quick or putting it into my reminders on my to-do list, but leaving it there. Right. I make sure that I stay when I'm off the clock, I'm off the clock. And so right. I think it's important to be intentional about that. But Sundays are definitely my self-care and reflection days. Mm-hmm. And so the most I'll do for work on a Sunday is checking over my schedule to make sure that I know what to expect next week and right. putting a to-do list in place so that I have some type of insight. Um, but that's it, you know, just having that discipline. And then also, you know, on my day-to-day clock in and off, when I clock off, or when I wake up, my phone is on do not disturb until 8 a.m. to make sure I just get that time to myself when I'm getting ready or when I'm praying or when I'm listening to my motivational videos. Mm-hmm. You know, it's okay to be like, do not disturb. I tell my parents, right. if you need something, y'all call me twice back to back. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so that's definitely, I think the pandemic has helped with that because there was a point in time where I did not work for a couple of months or I could not. And instead of being upset about that, I utilized that time. To kind of right. just like, as I like to say, be a human, right? That mm-hmm. was an opportunity to not be constrained by the ways of the world that, you know, we're used to always being on the go and let's get up and go to work. Let's get up and do this. And so I really utilized that time to learn, like, what does it feel like to just wake up and plan your day one step at a time? What does Rosa like to do? Like, mm-hmm. what does Rosa mean? And I just incorporated that into what it looked like when we started working again. Um, and so now I'm intentional about having that day where I can just wake up. <laughs> and figure out right. what does Rosa like to do. And so right. I guess to sum all of that up, my main thing is being serious about a self-care day, number one. Number two, making a part of my self-care day, my reflection day. So just getting my life together. That's when I look mm-hmm. over my budget, my calendar, make sure I know what's going on so I'm not hit with too many unexpected events or activities or anything like that. Um, so being intentional about planning my my week out and just being disciplined and having that balance. Like it's okay to put yourself first. And I definitely appreciate working for the Y because they support that, right? Like they'll tell you in a heartbeat, like, right. well, we love you, but like if you're not okay, you can't come. So exactly. we need you to look for you. They also provide mental health resources, emotional resources. We all share information. They provide it from like HR as well as peer-to-peer, coworker-to-coworker. And so if your job is also enforcing your self-care, why aren't you? Uh, right. That is, that is, oh, that's, that's be so many volumes, so many volumes. Because right. <laughs> there are, you could one, want for an instance, we can say as organizations, you know, take care of yourself, but do, do right. you really mean it? And do you give right. the person the space to actually exercise them exactly. taking care of yourself? So, yeah, you you preaching out here. You speaking volumes. Go ahead. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you could be any character, any character in the movie or a show, who would it be, and why? So, Black Panther. Okay. I would be any of the warrior women. They played their roles and they played it effectively. And I'm not talking about as actors in the movie, but just their job to serve their country and to serve their people. They understood their purpose. They did it to the best of their ability. They didn't ask for more or less. They just walked in their purpose and did the best they could. And in the long run, that played a major role in the success of the nation and the country and the outcome. 
right? Um, so I think it's important, once again, to know your seat at the table and to utilize your seat. Don't worry about the head seat or what you think the head seat is. Worry about how are you being effective where you're sitting. I think they play, they showed that great in that movie. And then also just the confidence they embody, right? Watching the movie period just made me want to sit up straight and embrace myself and be like, yes, Rosalind, like you are. That movie had me walking around. I was listening to the soundtrack for like a month straight back to back. And so they they just resemble who I want to be and who I'm trying to be. And I think that I'm doing a good job of walking in that, but they remind me to keep my eye on that. You know, walk in your purpose, do the best that you can and do it to the best of your ability. And remember that you're here to serve, at least for me. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> Love that answer. Love that answer. <laughs> my last question for you is, what is the best advice someone gave you that you would give to somebody else? Yeah, so I know y'all hear a lot of repetition in this, but y'all, the the phrases that were instilled in me, especially through Leaders Club, are the ones that I live by. So the year that Sydney was my team director, she designed this shirt, and on the back of the shirt, it said, be the leader you wish to follow. Mm-hmm. I got the mock-out of that shirt. I, just, I was like, Sydney, can you put that off, please? And I put it on my graduation cap during high school, for my high school graduation. And so I live by that. Be the leader you wish to follow. So that that quote given by Sydney or whoever put it on that shirt is my motto for life. I think it's important to resemble who you want to be. And if you have these expectations on other people, you should definitely be following them. And so that that's my number one advice. Um, if you're going to expect things or expect a certain outcome, mm-hmm. then you need to hold yourself to those expectations of getting there. You can't put nobody else in those expectations but you. And so I want to see a change in my community and I know I have the platform to do it, that I need to be that leader that I would want to see somebody else following to create that outcome, to be a part of that solution. Thank you, Rosa, for sharing with us how the why continues to impact communities as well as schools. Really appreciate you being here and sharing all the wonderful things that the why is doing and how you're also making an impact with your students. I hope everyone enjoyed the show and loved what they heard because I know I did. Please join us on the 17th for our next episode. I'll be sitting down with a good friend of mine, Mr. Marcos Martinez, that has done a lot of things in OST. So he'll be giving us some insight and some actual um, steps to take for our topic. That is it for us. So thank you, everyone, for taking the time to listen. Thank you, Rosa, once again for being here and sharing with us uh, all the awesomeness that's going on with the YMCA. Until our next time we meet you guys, take care. If you like the show, download the episode on Spotify or Podcast Addict. Once again, Podcast Addict. And share us with your family and friends. Help us spread the word about what OST programs are doing during this time. Also, visit our website at www.schoolafterhours.net and subscribe to our newsletter. You'll get alerts for new episodes, access to bonus content, and freebies.